0: This morning, we are talking about generosity, and there are so many different ways that we can be generous with one another, and I think just even being generous in spirit goes so far in building relationships and letting people know that, hey, we are for you. So, in 2007, how many advertisements a day do you think we were exposed to? Any guesses? 2007. So we're talking before Netflix originals, Blockbuster was still open, Uh, we didn't have all the social media apps we do now. Any guesses? 4,000? 40? All right. So, any other takers? Higher, lower than 40? It was actually, statistically, the average person was exposed to about 5,000 advertisements a day. That's in 2007. So now, fast forward to today, how many do you think we're exposed to? (laughs) 10,000. 10,000 is what they're kind of saying, is the number of ads we're exposed to every single day, which means every single day, we're being told, you don't have enough. You're not going to be happy enough until you have this, until you go on this trip. Like I know some of us uh, have even given up social media for Lent because there's just such this... (laughs) such a tension of always being on there, and you always see people's highlights reel. Like, if you look at mine, it's a highlight reel. I don't post the reality of, like, the mess and my sick kids or me sick in bed. Like, hey, guys, no one wants to see that. <laughs> but what's crazy is we're exposed to 10,000 advertisements a day just showing how miserable we are. Because <laughs> the more ads we see, the more, the more miserable we become. It's like, oh, man, they get to go on all these trips. Oh, they get to do this and get a new car. But every waking moment, we're being reminded of what we don't have and what we think we need in order to be happy. So our culture screams at us over and over again. It's more blessed to get. It's more blessed to get. You'll be happier when you accumulate more 10,000 times. But Jesus has a very different message. He has this countercultural message. And in fact, it's recorded in Acts 20, verse 35. Jesus says, it's more blessed to give. To give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give. And in fact, the word in Greek here that's translated as blessed, it, it means kind of happy, which means you'll, you'll be happier by giving than you actually will be by receiving. You're more joyful when you're giving. You're more fulfilled when you give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And it's hard. Like just think of kids at Christmas. Like you try and tell them that. Like it's it's better to give. And they're like, no, it's not. I want my Pokemon. And it's like, oh man. But what I know about so many of you sitting here today is that you do love to give. Because look around. We're in existence. We've been here for over five years now two years almost two full years of being solely online i thought as soon as gateway said you need to come up with that three-month emergency budget i'm like we're done like we might as well pack pack up close shop and we managed to get through and it's because of your generosity of coming together and believing in what god is doing i know that you don't just give here too many of you give elsewhere in in the community to different charities to women shelters to global initiatives And I also know that many of you would love to give more, but you feel like I felt for years, that you just can't do it right now. There's this tension, like, I'd love to give more, but I don't feel like I can. And especially with the cost of everything rising, like, oh my goodness, eggs, they're crazy. (laughs) Don't even get me started. But that's why today I want to talk about becoming radically generous. So the title for today's message is When You Stop Holding back. So, Father, we we ask today that by the power of your word that you would inspire us to be more blessed as we give radically, perhaps even irrationally, honoring you and making a difference in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So, if you're new with us, we're going through a message series called Predecide. Decide," -Decide. And we're talking about the power of our decisions because the quality of our decisions— determines the quality of our lives. But the problem is most of us are not very good decision makers. So if you've been with us over the last few few weeks, we have this statement that we've been following as we make some pre-decisions. So rather than waiting until the moment when you're in the heat of the moment and trying to let the emotions drive the decision, we're actually trying to seek God beforehand and and seek him early and pre-decide. So the statement that we have goes like this. When faced with blank, you fill that in with something particular that maybe you struggle with, I have pre-decided to blank. So we've already thought about it, we've already prayed about it, and we've decided that when you're faced with this scenario that you're going to take this very specific action. And it can be things as as silly as cake in the office I shared one time. If you're trying to stay away from cake in the office, well, if someone brings a cake into the office, then it's easier to pre-decide, I'm not gonna go near that cake Then walking by it and kind of smelling it, like, that is a good one. (laughs) Because eventually, it's going to wear you down. And then you're going to have cake all in your beard. And not that it happened to me, but. (laughs) But for the purposes of our study, we're making six predetermined decisions about who we're going to be as followers of Christ. So the first week, we decided that I am ready. Then we looked at I'm consistent. I'm devoted. Today, we're looking at I am generous. Then we have I am faithful and I am a finisher. And this is all based upon God, who is the great I am. He is all of these things and more. And because of who he is, we too can be these things. So we're predeciding to be generous. Why? It's because no one ever accidentally becomes radically generous. No one just by chance stumbles into tithing and giving offerings and paying rent for someone who can't afford it or funding ministries and mission trips and having so much fun that they start with 10% and then they go up to 12%, 15%, 20%, 25% of their income. It doesn't happen accidentally. We don't just start accidentally giving and God blesses us more and more and then one day we just accidentally leave an inheritance for our kids and our grandkids. Friends, no one ever stumbles into radical generosity. We tend to think, or what we tend to think is we want to be more generous, but we don't think we can. So we start to think this, when I have more, then I'll give more. One day when I can afford it at that time, that's when I'm going to give more. But what I want you to understand is that this is not how radically generous people think. It's just not. Because generosity isn't about what you have or don't have. Generosity is actually all about the heart. So you know this because you've seen people who don't have much, who give every last bit of what they do have to someone else. You see people who are radically and beautifully, sacrificially generous. And in fact, when we first launched our church, I still remember there was a family who didn't have very much. And in fact, they were having a house built for them by Habitat for Humanity. But they had been putting money away in an account to to give to wherever God would tell them that I want you to give. And when we started, they said, we want to give this money to you. It's $2,000. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I can accept this. Like, I know you guys don't have a lot. And they're like, no, this is money that we've been putting aside faithfully to honor God. And, and he's t- telling us to give this to you. And it, it was just so beautiful to, to, to see that and to feel so supported that they believed so much in what God was doing here. Because I'll be honest, there's days that I wasn't so sure I believed in what God was doing here. I thought he was crazy for asking me. (laughs) But you see these people who, who give when they don't have much. And then I'm sure on the other hand, you see people who have a ton who are just so stingy. You can't squeeze anything out of them. And that's why what we're going to do is we're going to learn how to be generous. Because if we're not generous now, I promise you, we're not going to be generous later. In fact, Jesus told an incredible parable, and it illustrates so much more than what I'm going to share. But one of the principles it shows is this. There was a rich man in Luke chapter 12 who had this big harvest, and he, he actually got richer. He was already a rich man, but he had more wealth. And he, he had so much that he said, hey, what should I do with all of this that I have? I don't have enough room to store it. Where am I going to put this? And let me tell you what he didn't say. He didn't say, oh, man, now that I have so much more, I'm going to be incredibly generous. I'm going to bless people with it. I'm going to fund my church. I'm going to help single moms. I'm going to send kids on mission trips. I'm going to be a blessing to people around me. I'm going to help kids go to college. He didn't say any of that. What did the rich man do when he had more? He did what he'd always done. He did what he'd always done. It says this in Luke 12, verse 18. He said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and all my goods. And then I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. He did what he'd always done. And why did he do that? Because more money doesn't make you more generous. More money just makes you more of who you already are. More money doesn't change who you are. It actually reveals who you are. And I'm sure many of us can attest to some of this, even when you go through family inheritances and you have issues with family or friends over money, you start seeing people's true colors. So here's the big thought for today. If you want to be generous when you have more, learn to be generous when you have less. We're predeciding this. And what I want to do today is help you do what I know you want to do, because I know that God's people, we want to be more generous. We want to be able to, to have more in order to do more. And Even that's some of the tension with giving to the church. It's not just so that we grow. It's, it's so that we can actually do more ministry in the community as well. So I want to show you a couple of principles that, that are true for radically generous people. And then we're going to decide ahead of time that this is who we are. Giving is not just something we do, but radical generosity is an identity. It's, it's who we are. So two qualities of generous people. The first, so important, it's it's this. Number one, generous people plan to be generous. Generous people plan to be generous. And you might think, well, I thought generosity was kind of like randomly blessing people. Like you see the guy on the side of the road with a sign, so you give him a couple bucks. Or you buy someone's groceries just because you're prompted to in the moment. Or you pay for the food for the person behind you in the drive through line, just spontaneously. You might be thinking, I thought that was generosity. And to be honest, this is how most people give most of the time. You see a need, so you meet that need. Or you hear a sad story, you do something about the sad story. You see pictures of dogs in cages along with Sarah McLachlan music, and you think, okay, I need to <laughs> give to this cause. Free the dogs, set them free. You go to a fundraiser and someone motivates you to give, inspires you to give, or maybe guilts you to give. And so you give a spontaneous gift, but let me just say, that is giving. That's not necessarily generosity. There's a difference. That's giving. And to be really, really clear, giving is good. It's not a bad thing. You want to give. Giving honors God. You want to give, but giving is not the same thing as generosity. Here's the difference. Generous people, they don't need to be guilted to give. Generous people don't need to be inspired to give. Generous people, they're not reactive. They don't just give whenever they see a need. They might still do that. They don't just give, though, when they have something extra. They don't just give whenever they're prompted by the Spirit. But generous people actually have a plan. In fact, Scripture tells us this in Isaiah 32, verse 8. Watch this. It's so direct. Generous people, what do they do? It says, generous people plan to do what is generous. They plan to do what is generous. And... They stand firm in their generosity. I love this. They stand firm. They're not waiting until they have more. They're not, they're not making excuses to what I can't do now, because giving is not what I do, but being generous is who I am. The generous plan to do what is generous. They've predecided to stand firm in their generosity. Now, what's funny about a plan when it comes to finances is most people actually have one. It's just not what you might think. And you might be thinking, well, I can tell you, I don't have a plan. But the truth is, most people do. If there's something we want, we can get really strategic really quick to get that. I remember when I was about eight years old, I wanted this pump-up ball from Toys R Us. It was like a little tennis ball that you could pump with a thumb and then deflate. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And my mom's like, I'm not buying it for you. So I calculated with tax what it was. And I'm like, $9.18. That's what I needed. So I'd put out a card table at the end of my street and I had a garage sale. I mainly sold it to all the kids I played with on the street, but I remember the last item I sold. It was this green and yellow dragon, stuffed animal. And, and the kid comes up and he's like, how much is, is it for this dragon? So I can't how much I have, and I had $9. So I was like, 18 cents. <laughs> he gave me a quarter, so I'm like, yes, mom, got the money. And she took me off to Toys R Us, and I got it. But I had set my mind to it, and suddenly, I came up with this very strategic plan of how to get the funds. And I don't know about you, but when there's something that we want, we can come up with these plans quickly. We start researching. Google now. We go on there, and we look for the best deals. I'm sure you also type in, like, discount codes, and that's what I do. Like, how can I get these things? But generous people don't plan to consume. Generous people plan to give. And in fact, when you become generous by nature, what you're doing is you're strategically and prayerfully designing your life around generosity. It's not something you're doing as a reaction to something. It's actual strategy. It's a mindset that you're prayerfully asking God, how can we make a bigger difference in the world? How can we maximize what we have? How can we be a blessing to people around us? And here's the key. It's not just spontaneous. It might be sometimes, but it certainly isn't all the time. And it's not really emotional because it's more strategic. And it's not just random, it's intentional. We've pre-decided. Now, again, some of you might be saying, I'm not a planner, I don't have a plan. But what I wanna tell you is, yes, you probably do. And it might not be a good one, may not be written down, but it's a plan. So I'm gonna show you what most people's plan look like. So it looks like this. God supplies. God gives you income, you have a job, you get an inheritance. But God supplies. And then what happens is you spend more than you make. That's just kind of human nature. It's like we're making $30,000, we're living a $40,000 lifestyle. And then what happens is because we spend more than we make is then we start lacking margin. And we can't actually, we don't have that wiggle room to give. When things come up even spontaneously, we're like, oh, I want to give, but I can't give. So then the next thing that happens is we start worrying we start thinking, oh, I don't have, have it. and So then what happens? It goes full circle, and we get back to spending more than we can make, and it just it's this vicious spiral that we lose control and we lose that margin, and we just can't get it under wraps. And this essentially is a very common financial plan that we see all over the world. And the truth is, while I was working on this message, someone posted this on Facebook. It's a cartoon character trying to get their foot in Cinderella's glass uh, slipper, and it says, sure could use a bibbity bobbity boost to my income, my lifestyle, my salary. Like, this is our culture, is that we need to have all these things to be happy. We need to have more, so we end up spending more. And then we start getting into that tension of, I'd like to give more, but I can't afford to give more. But what we need to understand is that this isn't a money problem, it's actually a spiritual problem. We're trusting in things, that the tangible assets that we can see, rather than putting our faith in God. And what generous people do is they break that cycle. Jesus said it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be given to you as well. Matthew 6.33. It doesn't say seek first the shoes, the countertops, the new car, the latest Apple gadget, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put him first and everything else will be added to you. We seek God first. And in fact, there's a principle in scripture that's very, very powerful and potentially life-changing. It's called the tithe. And this isn't a word we often use anymore. It's something that's foreign to a lot of people, but we find it in scripture. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. So what is a tithe? Well, the Hebrew word that's translated as tithe is mahasar, and it means 10%. Bring 10% of what God blesses you with back to him as an act of worship, that there may be food in my house. Now, confession, the first time I heard this 10% and actually (sighs) it mattered Because as a kid, 10 bucks to give a dollar off that, you're, okay. But then you start getting a paycheck when you're a bit older and you hear 10%, you're thinking, uh, that is too much. That's not going to happen. I can't afford to do that. That's ridiculous. In order to do that, I'd have to, like, rearrange my life and make different choices and make some real changes in order to put God first. I'd have to strategically look at my life and arrange it not around my wants, but around worshiping him. That's too much. It seems impossible. And it's almost as if God could foresee, which He can, that we would feel this way. Because it's the only time in all of Scripture that He ever told us to test Him. It's the only time He tells us to test Him. Elsewhere in Scripture, we're not supposed to test God. But in this one area, God says, if you don't believe me, test me. God says, test me, give it a try. I dare you, I double-dog dare you. Test me, I give you permission to try it. So the second part of that verse we just read in Malachi says this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be room enough to store it. God says, put me to the test. See what I do. Put me first and see if I won't provide for you. And you might be thinking, this is starting to sound prosperity gospel, health and wealth, and I'm not saying that at all. I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel. This is based on the gospel of Jesus Christ who says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. There's a difference. What I'm not saying is that everybody gets rich when you tithe. I'm not saying that, that God will, will suddenly heal everything you're going through and make life easy. Not at all. But what I am saying is that God will prove himself faithful time and time again. God is the ultimate giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him can have eternal life. He's the ultimate giver. And when you start with giving, you recognize it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And it changes the cycle. It changes your priority and the trajectory of your life when you pre-decide that I'm going to put God first. So the normal cycle, we looked at God blesses you, you spend more than you make, then you lack margin, start worrying more, and it's hard to get out of it. On the other hand, though, when you seek God first, you have God supplies, and then you put him first. You give. You honor him, and you give to him. You predecide that I'm going to give God the first 10%. Now, here's a really tricky one. I've brought this up before, so you might remember it, but for those that are new, I remember my dad asking me, do you give God 10%? On your net or on your gross? I'm like, oh, man. Because I'll be honest, I did on my net. Like, I looked at the check, it's like $1,000. Okay, I'll give $100. But then he's like, why does the government get the first portion then? I'm like, oh, that stung. <laughs> Took me a while to get through that, but I, I, I will admit, I'll be transparent, that, that since that dad, he's sitting here today, I, I give off my gross because God comes before the government. <laughs> So then we have God provides, we give, and then that builds our faith. The next step is rather than lacking margin, we actually start seeing where God blesses, where he starts providing for us in ways that we didn't think possible. And then what that does is that brings us around to we start giving more because it starts building our faith. And suddenly, rather than being worried and worrying more, Our faith is being strengthened. We're actually seeing, wow, God provided for us in all these ways. And then that comes full circle to that we can give more again. We have that margin. We have that room. And you don't even have to have a lot or give a lot. Giving is not what you do. Generous is who you are. There's a new and fresh mindset that takes place when you put God first. So we pre-decide that I'm not going to give when it's convenient or when I have more. I'm not going to wait and give God what's left over. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give God our first and our best. And we trust him to bless the rest. That's what we do. We predecide to put him first. And it starts with that tithe. It's a decision. And then it will grow from there. And what I want to encourage you to do is don't stop there. Don't be accidental about it. I'll tell you about some people I know. One has pre-decided to set aside $50 a month as the Spirit leads to, they first give their tithe and then they take this $50 a month and they just look for opportunities to bless someone. And as they're out, uh, they'll just be asking God, like, God, who needs this? They might be in a grocery store and they they see someone and they just want to bless them with that. But they've pre-decided $50 a month is what they're going to do to bless someone. And I know someone else who said, every year we're going to increase our giving by 1%. We're going to start giving 10, then 11, then 12, and they work their way up. And they've pre-decided to increase their level of generosity. I know someone else who's decided, pre-decided, a specific portion of their tax return is going to go to the Global Advance Fund. And if you don't know what that is, it's it's an alliance uh, fund that's part of our denomination that supports international workers all around the world. And this person has decided that this portion of my tax return goes straight to that because I want to support what's happening globally. And I know someone else, this is crazy, but they began giving their age as a percent. Whew, that is not easy. The older they get, the more they give away. And I just thought, although it's crazy and yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it beautiful? Like... They get up 70, and they're giving away 70% of their stuff. 80, 80%, like, wow. And it's this, their heart is just to be a blessing, to support what's going on around them. And the crazier thing is, more than the craziness of just grappling with that number, is that God provides, is that they can actually do it. This stuff doesn't happen by accident, though. Generous people predecide. They plan to do what's generous. And the second thing is that generous people always round up. And I realize I need to probably get going because it's close to 10. But, uh, oh, man, I, I could... I, I love this. I just... But generous people round up. Um, again, Dad, I have to single you out. You're one of the most generous guys I know. He... Uh, money. It's not that it's not an object for you. It's just, it's not a stronghold or a focus for you. My buddy, he was doing donuts in the car one winter and just smoked my dad's car and caved in the driver's side. And, and I remember driving home kind of like around the dented door. I'm like, Dad, Dan, Dan hit your car. And he's just like, is everybody okay? Yeah, okay, we'll deal with it in the morning. My mom, on the other hand, she was freaking out like, ah! <laughs> But I just, when people are in need, He's just like, here you go. And he always told me, don't expect it back. If you're, if you're giving someone money, if you're lending them something, don't expect it back. Sure, it's, it's great if they do, but I just love that. And they have such a good relationship with people at Swish LA. Like, I'm surprised you guys don't have shares there by now, but like, your generosity there has even opened relational doors that, that I know there have been some struggles in some of the waitresses' lives lately. And they've come to my parents and and they've said, will you pray for this? Will you pray for my family? And it's just so cool to be able to witness that as the son and be like, man, because of just their simple acts of generosity, they, they have this relationship with people. Friends, people's lives are changed, but by what might seem so incredibly and embarrassingly small, but just by being generous and by doing that extra thing, by rounding up, And my dad actually, again, man, I didn't realize I was going to talk about you so much today. He told me a story of his brother's Sunday school teacher. So what was this, 60 years ago? (laughs) And his brother was sick, or it was his birthday, and his Sunday school teacher brought him a box of Smarties. And that meant so much to my dad, who was witnessing it, because he didn't get the box of Smarties, that he's like, wow! And he kept bugging that guy his whole life that he finally got a box of Smarties recently. (laughs) But we always round up. We don't just give what we can, we round up. And I love this verse in Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-six. Solomon says, All day long the lazy and the selfish crave and crave, but the righteous give, and they don't hold back. We round up. We see it over and over again in scripture. The good Samaritan walking along sees a guy beaten and left for dead. He doesn't just pick him up and say, Okay, hope you're better. He takes him to a hotel. And then it says, the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man, and if his bill runs higher, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Zacchaeus, same thing. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Uh, Sunday school. If you don't think kids ministry is important, <laughs> if you don't know the story, he's a wicked crook. He stole from people. He, then he met the life-transforming grace of Jesus and decided not just to give back, but to give back and to round up. It says if, He says, if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He rounded up. And Jesus taught this principle. If someone demands your shirt, give him your jacket too. So the next time you're contemplating, should I give a lower amount, higher amount, just round up. If you're going to make a meal for someone, don't just make them a meal, make them an appetizer and a dessert. If you're going to give someone a gift card to go out, offer to watch their kids too, because generous people round up. And what we're not doing is just randomly giving. We're not just waiting until we have more, but generous people, we make a plan, and we round up. And just quickly, in 2006, I saw the most generous thing that I'll probably ever see in my life. I went to the impoverished nation of Malawi, and they had nothing. It was dirt floors, huts, but we were there to work with the orphanage, work with the Bible college, then go around to different villages. And we were there to do ministry, but man everyone that we kept coming in contact with, we were being ministered to because these people had heard we were coming and rice was the meal of like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's all we had. But these people had over time collected goat so that we could have meat with our meal and have goat meat. And it took sacrificial giving. It took them not eating goat for months, I'm sure, just to be able to have it when we were there. And I'm telling you this because this is what generous people do. They pre-decided to be generous. They knew we were coming. And it shows that we don't need to have very much. It's not about this this amount, but they just pre-decided that we are going to be generous and we want to bless people. And that, along with so many moments in my life, have changed my heart over time and helped me become a more generous person. Because we can all be stingy from time to time. I get it. Like, every penny matters, especially in those early years. You're starting out trying to establish yourself, and you have kids that you're trying to feed. And But when i realized it's not a money problem, it's a spiritual problem, that's when it changed everything. It's not about trusting in what I can see and what I have. It's about trusting in what God says. God will prove himself faithful. I have to skip a story of when I donated the $5, but... I will say that God put it on my heart to give him all I had that week, and it was five bucks. And that whole week, I've never done so many things in my life. People just started saying, hey, I have an extra ticket. I have this. Do you want to come for dinner? And that moment transformed my life because it showed me that God is faithful. And then one day, God prompted me to round up. He said, go up to the 10%. Go up to the 10% on the gross, not just the net, and it's continued to grow from there. Here's the thing, if you want to be generous when you have more, learn to be generous when you have less. Pre-decide that you are generous, because it's not just what we do, it's who you are. It's more blessed, you'll be happier, you'll be more joyful. Because we serve the most generous God who predecided to send his son and give us the ultimate gift of life and forgiveness in Christ, that is why we can follow that example and be generous with the little bit that he's blessed us with in order to be a blessing to others. I am generous. I don't just give. Giving is what I do, but generous is who I am. Let me close in prayer. And the band, you guys are welcome to come up. Don't feel bad about skipping songs. You don't need to do any of that. We've got plenty of time, but Heavenly Father, we pray today that we would be a church known for our radical generosity, that we would know it is way more blessed to give than to receive. So God, I just pray for anyone sitting here today that is just a feeling, yeah, I'd love to give more, but it's not easy. God, I just pray that you'll help them to pre-decide to be generous, to start putting you first and testing your faithfulness in this area. And God, I pray that you just blow them away with how you provide. God, we just pray, help us be more generous. So I pray right now that your word would just pierce our hearts. I pray that you would help us plan to do what's generous, that we would just give freely and joyfully and not hold back. Help us to start by trusting you and putting you first and not stopping there. God, help us to transform this world for your glory. God, it's because you loved this world, each one of us so much that you gave your son, Jesus, that we could be made right with you is why we joyfully and freely give back to one another. So Heavenly Father, forgive us of our sins. Make us brand new. We surrender ourselves completely to you. Fill us with your spirit so we can know you and so we can follow you. And as you've given to us, help us give to others. It's in your name we pray. Amen.